Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. The Department of Homeland Security is the lead civilian agency in combating threats against the federal government's information assets. Heading those efforts at DHS is Phil Redinger, who wears two hats. In March, Secretary Janet Napolitano named Redinger Deputy Undersecretary of the National Protection and Programs Directorate. In June, she also appointed him Director of the National Cybersecurity Center. Welcome. Welcome, Eric. Glad to see you. Let's start with a simple question. What worries you the most about securing federal digital assets and the nation's critical IT infrastructure? It's not a question of what worries me most. It's a question of the opportunities we've got. As I think you know, Eric, the environment is continuing to get more and more threatening in a number of significant ways. We're connecting more and more systems, creating an increasingly complicated environment. The attackers are getting better and better, and we're depending more on those systems from day to day to make sure that our very way of life can continue that the ways we work and play will continue and we'll be able to be successful. Our national security, our homeland security, and our economic security all depend on those networks. That means that as those attackers get better and better, it's incumbent upon us in government and, frankly, in the private sector to continue to do a better and better job of addressing the threat and make sure that we can move towards a world where those information and communication services that we depend upon and the infrastructure services like power and financial services that depend on those information services can continue to be more and more reliable and secure. How would you rate our current defense? I think our current defense is getting better. We need to continue to improve because the the hackers and the bad guys have continued to improve, and there are a lot of areas for improvement, but we're making significant efforts to do so. Over the course of the next year, the National Cybersecurity Division is going to grow, if we can do it, from around 120 people to around 260 people. We're putting additional resources at the problem. It's an area of focus for us. We're going to continue to grow and get better. As you enter the new year, what are your top goals? My top goal, and nothing else even comes close, is to continue to add to the great core of human capital I've already got. There are no silver bullet solutions here. We need people, we need process, and we, t- we need technology. But of those, people is by far the most important. I have an awesome group of people that I work for and with, but I don't yet have enough of them. Continuing to find the right people, continuing to add to that core of talent and add capability through that is by far my most important priority. That's quite a challenge. As you just mentioned, at the National Cybersecurity Center, you plan to double your payroll there. DHS has received authorization to hire up to 1,000 new cybersecurity professionals over the next three years. Is there a sufficient pool of talent out there to meet not only DHS's cybersecurity needs, but the whole government's needs for cybersecurity specialists? What challenges does that present DHS and government at its whole? So I'll be glad to answer that question, Eric. Let me first say, I was talking before about the National Cybersecurity Division, oh, division. which is part of cybersecurity and communications. The National Cybersecurity Center is an even smaller group that will be growing from perhaps somewhere in the neighborhood of five people to perhaps 25 by the end of the year. So it's going to be much more than doubling, but it's a smaller group of people. In terms of the challenges that are posed, they're significant. As I think you know, um, there are not enough highly qualified experts that are currently being produced by our nation. So in a sense, we in government and across government are competing with the private sector for too small a pool of sophisticated experts. That means that we've got to be careful to get out of that zero-sum game activity. We've got to continue to make sure that we're agile 
and we can bring on the people we need. And the hiring authority you mentioned that will allow us to hire in an expedited way up to 1,000 people over the course of three years in several places in DHS is going to be a significant goal for us. We've got to continue to increase that pool of experts. We work with partners across government to do that. We partner, for example, with the National Security Agency on the Centers of Academic Excellence for Information Assurance Education and the Centers of Academic Excellence for Research Programs to help raise the level and the, the people we get out of academia. We're working closely with academia. We're hiring people under the Scholarship for Service Program. And going forward, we need to drive an even broader effort and initiative to start to get kids early to make sure that they're learning about security when they're, you might say, still in short pants, and you know, learning, learning what they need to know, getting them involved in science and engineering and programming, making sure that they keep that focus throughout high school and that we're putting enough people into universities in science and engineering programs so that we've got the right pool coming out of them. That's very important. We also have to continue to enhance our workforce development programs so we can take and keep the people that we have in government continue to enhance their skills and make sure they've got good job satisfaction and that they are maintaining a passion and a technological level of passion and skill about their work. We also need to recognize that we are going to lose people to the private sector. The private sector can pay better than we can, but that's not the only issue. We can offer a sense of mission and a capability to really help secure the country that I think is unparalleled. We're still going to lose people to the private sector, but you know what? We're going to get some people back, too. And that is actually not a zero-sum game. The exchange of people between government and the private sector is going to aid us both because they're going to, the people that come from the government are going to have a better understanding of what the threat is and what can be done to address it. And the people who come from the private sector into government are going to have a better understanding of what technology can bring how to do things in sort of in the agile ways that the private sector can act, and that's going to be good for both of us. I hear what you're saying, and, and I've heard these arguments from others too, and, I, I, and they're very valid, or they're, the points being made. But it sounds like we're maybe a half a generation away from maybe training sufficient people, not only in government, but in the private sector, to provide the kind of security we need to protect our systems. Is this dearth of qualified IT professionals putting our systems at real risk? I think it's a significant problem that we need to address as rapidly as possible. You know, by the same token, we live in an ecosystem that is insufficiently secure. Right now, if you picked up your telephone and you didn't get a dial tone, you would be surprised. But if you turned on your computer and it didn't work the way it expected or it had been infected with a virus, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd say, ah, that's what I expect. we got to get out of that game both in terms of people and in terms of the technologies that we rely on. I don't have a magic wand, people like to say silver bullet, but it's also a magic wand, that can make that right right now. But what I can tell you is that that's a focus for us in DHS, and it's a focus for the president, who made clear that improving our cybersecurity posture was critical for both our national security and our economic competitiveness. Will there be a different way to staff cybersecurity positions in government or even partnership with other industries than in the past in a sense of cross-fertilization, things like that, because of the shortage of IT pros? In fact, we're actively looking at how we can have the right means of collaboration with the private sector. In part, that's a matter of building the right cooperation mechanisms. 
you know, what some people like to call information sharing, but might be more adequately described as you know, driving collaboration around objectives. How can we work together jointly to prevent attacks and when attacks do occur to respond effectively? In terms of a human part of that, we need to be able to work together as one nation, regardless of government agency or private sector entity, to respond to incidents. So we need to bring all of our people to bear, no matter where they're located. In terms of getting the right expertise actually into government, that's going to be a mixture of things. We're going to need to continue to hire the right people, and we're going to need to find the right models to bring people on board. As I said, we're actively looking at you know, what sort of programs can we offer so that we can bring the right sophisticated private sector expertise to bear on what we do, and how can we gather information from the private sector. You know, we just recently issued a request for information from the private sector on end-to-end -end solutions that could be better used to protect government systems. We've got formal and informal ways of working with the private sector, and we're looking at the right way to bring the valuable people that the private sector has on board to assist us, either in a more formal or less formal way. You made reference to President Obama and his commitment towards cybersecurity. What effect has President Obama's delay in naming a cybersecurity coordinator had on safeguarding the nation's key IT systems and networks? It is absolutely essential that there be strong White House involvement in cybersecurity. And there is strong White House involvement in cybersecurity. The acting cybersecurity coordinator at the White House, Chris Painter, is a bona fide expert in this field and has a great team of people working for him. Chris and I personally go back to the mid-90s when he was an assistant United States attorney doing cybercrime in Los Angeles, and I was at the computer crime section at the Department of Justice. And he's got a great group of people working for him just like I do and just like there exists in other government agencies. While it is critical that we have a strong White House presence, we have that, and we are working together effectively across the interagency right now to implement the President's priorities and to move forward on the short-term action items from the Cyberspace Policy Review. The last thing I'd say is it's more important that the right person be in that role than a person be in quickly. You know, pending the selection from the White House of the right person to be in that role permanently, we'll work together effectively and are working together effectively. That's Philip Reidinger, Deputy Undersecretary of the National Protection and Programs Directorate and Director of the National Cybersecurity Center at the Department of Homeland Security. We'll hear more from Reidinger in the second part of our interview, when he will discuss the evolution of the government's intrusion detection system known as Einstein. For now, I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.